Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. The checkered flag ends the race, but it's only the start of the conversation. Michelin post-race tag on imsaradio.com. Have your say. Ask the experts. Make your point. Michelin post-race tag. The end of the race is only the beginning. Well, it's back to another wow, isn't it, to start Michelin post-race tech. Uh, thank you for joining us for the uh, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Sega issue of this uh, edition of this programme. Uh, before we go back to share with a few more interviews, let's get to Jeremy Shaw with the points uh, after that round. And then we'll take some of your messages. Hashtag Michelin PRT on at IMSA Radio. Jeremy, how does that... Sh- um, actually, just before we do that, let's get a word from Bill Orbelin, who drove through to second place for Turner Motorsport in GTD. He's with Shea uh, down uh, alongside Victory Circle. Hey, Bill. That was a pretty hard-fought battle. I thought you might get some tacos tonight. Oh, my God, that was awesome. You know, and before they tell me, hey, this is feel like your 101st race in the WeatherTech Series, and man, have I loved all 101 of them uh, First, I got to, well, second, first, I got to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. You guys are amazing. You're the reason we're all here. Uh, next is, I got to thank Chandler. The guy puts it in every every weekend. This weekend, it was more my job last to do. Last weekend, it was his job. And he put it in. We won the race last weekend. And uh, we finished second this weekend. We're on a little bit of a roll. And we just got to keep it going. Yeah, next weekend, you're off Dakota. So uh, no pressure. Just keep keep it rolling on. Um, for Bill Oberlin, though, that looked like a lot of fun out there in the battling. Were you enjoying elbows out with Andy and all that stuff? So last year, I did not enjoy it because we didn't understand how to make this car live in the longer run. This year, I'm like, is it going to hang in there? We made a lot of changes, very drastic changes, purely for the long run. And I could race. I could race that Aston. He had more t- laps. The Porsches, I think they had, they had us, uh, but... But uh, at least I could race somebody. I could get in there. I could be close. I wasn't just getting dropped. Towards the end, I started to struggle. The pressure was coming, but it was enough. Once I cleared Andy, the deal was to open that gap and hope it's enough to get to the end. Congrats on another podium finish. I love it. It's so good. Man, I enjoy this more than ever. and I'm not getting any younger, but I like it as, as much as I ever had. Chandler, is this guy's energy wearing off on you at all? Absolutely. Um, it, it's hard to, to not feel good about what we do. Um, week in and week out, having, I mean, probably one of the best guys out here uh, as my co-driver. So I'm just continuing to be a sponge this this second year driving with Bill and just trying to learn as much as I can and all his tricks. And, I mean, they're they're endless. And <laughs> uh, I'm super excited. Uh, we've, we're have we on a good streak so far, and we're just hoping we can continue that. Well, yeah, and you got to carry momentum over to France, too, because you're going to be making your Le Mans debut in a couple of weeks. I actually am. I uh, we need to get this on because I got to go to San Francisco to fly to Italy <laughs> tonight uh, for a shakedown. I'm I'm really looking forward to that as well. It's a cool experience. Hundredth anniversary of the race last year, the GTE car. So super excited, ready to get going, and then finish out the year in the states as well. Well, we'll chat to you all about it. 
to get to the Glen, I'm sure. Good luck over there, and hey, congrats on another podium. Yeah, thank you very much. Bill Oberlin uh, is happy with second, as most people are, with their first race victory. What a class act he is. Uh, Jeremy Shaw, sorry, interrupted you for points, but I did want to hear uh, from the guys yeah. who came second. Great stuff from Bill Oberlin. Getting older, but not getting any slower, is he? In fact, he might even be getting a bit quicker. Um, how's things standing? That was a, a topsy-turvy race for some of the people at the sharp end of the field, but a good one for the number six Porsche Penske Motorsport crew. Yeah, it certainly was. Uh, I mean, the the, uh, the it came in here with I think it was a one point lead over number thirty one team, uh, but with the uh, second place finish today, uh, Porsche Penske Motorsports and uh, uh, Nick Tandy and Matthew Jaminet, uh second on the grid, second in a the race, they'll have thirteen oh seven, one thousand three hundred and seven points. Uh, second place still for the wheel and engineering team, Peter Durrani and Alexander Sims on twelve eighty two. Third position still, the number 10 team, Ricky Taylor and Philip Abercourt on 12.41, but just six points behind them now, vaulting from six in the points to fourth uh, and very much into contention with that win today, Cadillac Racing and uh, Rega van der Zender and Sebastian Bourdais, despite that uh, disappointing end to their race, uh, very early end to the race at Long Beach, up into fourth in the points table. Uh, in the manufacturers, the uh, win... For Cadillac extends their lead in the DP in the uh, GTP Manufacturers Championship, 1447 now. Porsche will move up into second place on 1375, uh, 1344 for Acura, and BMW will slip from second to fourth on 1334. We've got time for some more. We can yep. move on to LMP2. Yeah, very quickly. Yep. Uh, with the uh, the win today, uh, allied to the second place finish. At Sebring, Stephen Thomas and Michael Jensen will move into the lead of the points in LMP2 for TDS Racing on 730 to the 667 of Ben Keating and Port Luchata for Piawa Matheson Motorsports. Uh, we'll do the rest in just a moment. I want to take a couple of questions first away. The real slim clicky. Um, I'm going to throw this in, and I know what the answer is going to be, Cher and Jeremy. Before the race, all the coverage was uh, people saying Laguna's new tarmac would ruin uh, the track. Um, talking about the tarmac runoffs, does this race prove them all wrong? I think what it proves is that the old tarmac on the uh, uh, on the substantive part of the track, Jeremy, I know it's worn out, but my goodness, it does give us some excitement, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, and so uh, may maybe the question slightly misconstrued there possibly was they thinking that the, the track had been repaved uh, no no that the, the extra bits would ruin the race oh, the extra that, bits yeah oh yeah they didn't really have any have any, have any uh, major effect thankfully yeah yeah um it does need repaving though share uh, but to be honest it made that race really intense when the uh, the tyre choice came into whether it was brand new or scrubbed or partially scrubbed or old tyres, the, the, the time differentials lap to lap, they're like nothing we see anywhere else in an IMSA competition. Yeah, I mean, the, the next closest would probably be, what, Lime Rock with the, the drop-off yeah, as far as the abrasive surface yeah. is concerned. Um, but it, it does change the way that people plan for the race. It changes the way that people lay out their tires ahead of time, how they go through practice sessions. It's just more interesting in terms of a strategy on the front end of things. But when it comes to racing, 
we're going to find the same thing that we always do, which is the plans go out the window. What we think we thought we knew, we don't. Uh, but they don't know that we know that they know. And then we wind up <laughs> in a situation where the Stop. winners are completely unexpected. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, let's take the LMP2 uh, points, Jeremy, before I go to some more questions. We've got quite a lot of them, so we'll try and rip through them. Hashtag uh, Michelin PRT. Shea's going to stay on the line uh, as well. Uh, LMP2, I think we got to, Jeremy. Yeah, we did LMP2 uh, with uh, now the uh, TDS racing team, car number 11, Stephen Thomas and Michael Jensen, leading the points with the win today. In GGD Pro, uh, we have uh, now the Vassar Sullivan's team got, past, got into second place on that last lap, I think, by the way, with Ben Barnicott finding way past uh, Patrick Pillay. Was that on the last lap? Maybe yeah. it was a lap before the yeah. end. It was, no, it I was think a, it was on the last it lap. It was the last lap, correct. Yeah, it was the last lap. They were having a crack and scrap. Uh, yeah, so yet another, their, their podium streak is extended <laughs> uh, and uh, the, the lead is trimmed just a little bit, but they, Vassar Sullivan, number 14 team of Ben Barnicott and Jack Hawks with a lead on 14-15. Wellesek Racing with a win today will clo close in on 13-74 and then Faf Motorsports with a third place finish will move into third place ahead of Corvette on 13-24. And the manufacturers? It, and the manufacturers? Yeah, good point. I didn't do all right, that. all right. Oh, it's, the, it's the same. Yeah. It's the same. Right. So okay. it's that Lexus will lead from uh, uh, only one Mercedes yeah. and, and Porsche and then Corvette. Yeah. GTD? In, uh, GTD, uh, that's uh, not changed either. Paul Miller Racing still leads. They only finished 10th today. Slipped back in the closing stages, did uh, Brian Sellers. But he's, they, they still will lead on, on 12.44 to the 1182 of Inception Racing. They will vault from fourth position to second wow. in 1182. 11 ahead of Harter Racing Team, car number 27 with the Aston Martin. And then fourth position will be Vassar Sullivan, car number 12, despite that early end to their race. Uh, and in the uh, Manufacturers Championship in GTD, BMW will continue to lead. Uh, actually stretch the lead a little bit to 1378 now with a 30-point edge over Aston Martin. Uh, third position will remain McLaren on 12.65. Uh, all right, some questions. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, some questions. Let's rattle through these. Talking about tyres, well, we did have, and the tyres in our Porsche keys uh, to the race. Tux has tweeted in, hashtag Michelin PRT. I'm not sure these tyre rules are that great when you see Durrani two seconds a lap faster than anyone else and Colin Brown almost as slow as GTD cars. That has nothing to do with the tyre rules, though, Jeremy. That was just the tyres wearing out. I, I, I don't know if Tux is confusing that with no tyre warmers in WEC or, or IMSA, but that wasn't anything to do with that. It was. It wasn't. No, uh, but uh, you know the, the fact that the GTP teams are limited to so few sets of tyres uh, ah, during yes, a, a for qualifying and race that makes it uh, really tricky. And I'm not sure I'm particularly in favour of that. To be honest, I don't, I'm not sure that's really worked out as was intended. It certainly uh, puts teams on completely different strategies potentially, and certainly it's today it and the, the team that was bitten hardest by that was number 60 team for sure um but um you know it's added another strategic element yeah. i guess that you know that's definitely yeah. part of endurance racing is dna isn't it so uh, maybe from that perspective it, it's it's good I, I think for the shorter races in particular shay the, the two hour 40s 
uh, in, in particular. Um, it, it adds the endurance element back into that from my point of view. And, and clearly, whatever was going oh, yeah. on with the, with the number 60, um, they were, in fact, both of the of the Acuras were still really quick on the first part of the stints. But I, I said that early on, are they going to pay for this later? And it seemed that the 60 really did. So the, the setup, this driver style, so it's not a very long race, but you're having to employ endurance mindsets for it. And that's kind of, I think, what they're trying to do with Michelin and IMSA. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the perfect race distance, in my opinion, for a two-driver format <laughs> because it's just long enough that you can't get away with doing one stop, as we see in the shorter races, but you also can't get away with doing just two stops necessarily. Sometimes you need to do three, and sometimes you need to balance out. Well, do I get my starting driver new tires? Do I leave them in for a longer first stint? Do I compromise on that? Well, that's not what worked on the podium today. I mean, we talked with Bill Oberlin, who said that it was he who did the lion's share of the work today. It was that way for all three of the finishing drivers who made it onto the podium. Yeah. So it's interesting that way things balance out. But you mentioned Acura. Acura won the last four years we were here overall. I'm kind of surprised, and I think they might be too, that they didn't wind up, well, not only with the top step, but with any step on the podium. Uh, the tyre data is available for Michelin because of the RFID chips that uh, in, in each of the tyres. In the WEC, we get to see that. We get to see the age of the tyres that have gone on to the car. Uh, and uh, that is... Uh, that's really useful. I'd I really like to see that implemented uh, here in IMSA competition as well. This from GT Cork. How does IMSA BOP tie into the ACO BOP for Le Mans? That's easy. I'll take that one, GT Cork. It doesn't. Um, in point of fact, um, IMSA and ACO work together, but the BOPs uh, can be different. There's a slightly uh, different uh, technical uh, specifications for the cars because the BOPs are, were done, the, the, the data collection has been done in two separate wind tunnels and actually the WAC cars are a little bit draggy than their uh, IMSA counterparts but for Le Mans the, the, everything is uh, is reset and there's no carryover from IMSA uh, to the ACO for uh, Le Mans. A um, lot of comments, Jeremy, about the advertising boards. They did seem to cause uh, some trouble this weekend. We saw more than the odd one of two of them getting taken out, lying in the circuit for most of the race and and track uh, and cars having to come into the pit lane. Not just in the WeatherTech race today either. Um, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. They pay the bills, obviously, but uh, I wonder if there's a better way uh, for us to keep them out of the way from slowing down some of the cars out there. Yeah, fair point. Um, but uh, and then if we're going to penalise people for, for track limits for running off the racetrack, uh, maybe this is the, uh, the, the, the instant karma that the, the, the sponsors are going to you know, bring to bear on the teams. If you run off, run off the road, you can pick up an advertising sign and cost yourself some time. So I don't know. Uh, tricky one, that. But uh, it's certainly a point well made and well, well spotted, I guess. Uh, a couple of people saying, Renga van der Zander, what a class act. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, he moved the barriers at Eau Rouge closer to Holland. Uh, and then he comes out and does what he did today. That was a good drive. Uh, I mean, Tandy was doing his best. And when Tandy's on form as he was today, he takes some stopping. And he, he barely made a dent in Renga van der Zander's lead. Maybe a little bit through the traffic. Van der Zander had, a, had, a, had to have a different mindset because he was leading the race. I thought Renga drove brilliantly today. He could have easily knocked his confidence what happened at Spa. Clearly has not.
Yeah, really impressive comeback by him. Uh, and Sebastian Bourdais, yeah, Sebastian seemed to be struggling in the early stages, but Renga really, but you know, this this will boost his confidence, even if he didn't have a particularly strong race himself. It was okay, didn't do anything wrong. So that's uh, that's good news. A step in the right direction, but it was a great drive, yes, from Renga van der Zender, and a well-earned victory for that team. Uh, I mean, fair points uh, that you made about uh, Sebastian because you know he had, he's had an awful last couple of races as well. He was put back in the car. They they made him qualify. They made him start the race, uh, and you know that's getting on the horse that kicked you. And if we're going to say it to Renga being a class act and coming back, we've got to say the same uh, about Sebastian as well because it has been pretty horrible. And he sounded pretty down when Shea spoke to him uh, on yeah. Friday. And, and But actually, down's probably not the right word, Jeremy. Um, reflective, introspective maybe, um, self-critical. Uh, clearly, he was running through some things in his mind that he was finding it quite difficult to, to actually process. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's not used to making mistakes, that's for sure. And uh, and certainly, you know, fundamental mistakes, really, uh, as they're now turning out to be with these uh, these new systems on the car, they're requiring a completely different break, uh, driving style. And uh, as somebody who's been around for the sport so long and had so much success, he's been doing things a certain way for a long, long time. And having to change that is not easy. Couple of questions left. Uh, we've stood shared down so that the guys from BSI can start packing up the uh, the kit uh, at the circuit. Uh, Cadillac winning, Porsche on the podium, Porsche winning last time. Have they started? Have those two manufacturers started to unlock unlock more performance, uh, or is that the result of the BOP change? Either way, both cars seem like they're handling and looking after their tyres. Uh, far better than previous races. There were some slight BOP changes for GTP, Jeremy, for, for this weekend. Can we can we attribute uh, Cadillac and Porsche's pace to them? I don't think so. I mean, I think it wasn't you know, that, that different. You know, the, uh, the, the, the changes were, were, were very, 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 very small, just mm. a couple of kilos, literally, really, or four or five at the most. So not significant there. I think the same with the, uh, the, the the power outputs weren't changed. The stint energy was. Uh, so it's hard to know what sort of effect that had. But, I mean, look, there was very little to choose between them. And I think, you know, the the number zero one team just got the strategy right yep. here. Uh, Porsche's made their mistakes but came back through the field. They, they had, certainly had a great weekend other than they would like to have the win at the end of the day. They didn't, but second place is still good. Uh, and Nick Tandy did make up a little bit of ground on the Cadillac through that final sort of 20 yep. laps or so. So, you know, but it, it, there was not much to choose between a, between the Cadillac or the, and the Porsche. And, and at the, times the, the Acura as well, an interesting one here. Oh, BMW, but, I thought BMW, I think they'll be probably one of the happier teams this weekend. I think that was well, a big step forward for them. Well, sort of. It, it, it seemed that way and then slipped back in the closing stage. Yeah, what was true. really interesting in the closing stage, number 25 car was really struggling. Actually fell behind the LMP2 leaders, I think, in yeah. the last few laps. Correct. That was how bad uh, that uh, Nick Yellowley was struggling in the 25 car. Uh, but the, tw- the other than that, for most of the weekend, they were fairly competitive. But they, again, they seemed to be behind the, the, the other three for much uh, of the weekend. Should Not by said- much, though. No, indeed. Uh, it, it, they were they were competing. They were competitive at various points yeah. through the race. Should be said, by the way, that the top uh, t- fourteen cars were all on the lead lap, and that included the top six in LMP2. And uh, in 
the latter portion of the race, the P2s at times were as quick as or faster than some of the GTP cars, particularly when traffic was involved. So the P2 cars may be looking after their tyres and getting a little more performance for longer out of their tyres. Uh, in terms of fastest laps, there wasn't that much to choose uh, between the faster P2 cars and the, the bulk of the GTP cars. If you take Alexander Sims' 116.4 out uh, for the Cadillac and Renger van der Zander's 116.7 out, everybody else in GTP was around about the early to mid 117s. Uh, and, and we had Mikkel Jensen doing a 17.9 uh, and, all right, 18s for the rest of it. But that's, that's pretty stout. Uh, that was interesting to see that. And I'm, I think that was tyre-related. On Michelin's, of course, yeah. as well, uh, those cars. Uh, what I would say about um, particularly Porsche, I did say in the race that that car's been out um, the longest and therefore it's done the most testing. However, it's not done any of its development in the States. And it appears to me that there's still work to be done on US-style circuits for, for particularly the Porsche. Uh, uh, the BMW has been developed over here, so maybe they get, but they were out very, very late. That is swapped over when we go to Europe, uh, and the Cadillacs haven't had the development on European-style circuits that the Porsches had. But it seems to me that the, the US version of Porsche, Penske Motorsports, are making moves uh, forward. Interesting to see what happens at a smooth track when we get to Watkins Glen for the Sealand's six hours. A uh, couple of big mistakes that happened uh, this weekend, notably in GTD Pro. Sarah Rigby saying, I am staggered by the way the heart of racing. Aston Martin, number 23, lost the GTD Pro class lead with the miscommunication about the class whereby. Don't think they'll make that mistake again. Uh, I think you're right, Sarah. I mean, they uh, dropped down to uh, fifth in class. Antonio Garcia followed them round, although he managed to get back in front of them. Uh, that is very, very unusual for a pro team to do that. But in fairness, Shea was there, asked them, uh, and they put their hands up to it. Ah, oh, made a mistake, man. And that comes down to IMSA don't call the numbers of the cars for the for the pass around uh, or the, uh, the, the whereby, do they? It, it's up to the teams to know if they're eligible. That's the case, Jeremy, isn't it? Yeah, yes, it absolutely is, yes. Uh, so uh, yeah, wh whether the driver asked whether he can take the wave by, whether he just did it himself, uh, we, 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 well, we don't really know because we haven't, s I don't think we've heard from the drivers no. about that particular aspect. But yeah, no, it's, it was certainly unfortunate for them um, when, when the, it was looking good there for, for, for a stage, at one stage or another during the race. And once again, though, in GTD Pro, we saw, uh, fortunes ebbing and flowing again during the race. It was a, a great pass. It, well, I don't, I don't know whether it was a great pass, whatever happened. However, mm. uh, Ben Barnicott managed to get past the Porsche on that last lap. It was a remarkable comeback by the Porsche. Though, oh, yeah. the, the Faf car, having served that penalty for uh, missing the red light at pit lane exit to come back from a lap down. Yeah, they, they, that was certainly helped enormously by that full course caution, of course, mm. in the latter stages. Able them to, to get back on the lead lap. Uh, and then, for, for until the last lap, running in second position, which yeah. is fairly amazing. No, it was. But some, something weird happened there during that caution period to put all the GTD Pro cars behind the GTDs. I still can't get the bottom of that one. Well, I'm going to have to look at the printed lap sheets when they come out. Uh, hello to Patrick in Germany. Great race to watch, he says. 
Uh, a great race to watch, he says. Uh, just not a question, just a point. And I love the free uninterrupted coverage in Germany on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. Thanks, Patrick. Get some sleep now. And Ollie, a new experience uh, for the IMSA series. Very, very exciting and very hard racing. Big Mac saying, not really a question. Hope we see the BMW more competitive soon. So he's with you. Uh, not bad, but but not great as well. Jeremy, thanks very much. I, I have a strong suspicion that uh, we'll still be thinking about that for the next couple of days. That was an enjoyable race, wasn't it? There was something going on, it seemed, all the time. Yeah, it was pretty fraught, wasn't it? And uh, it, was a, it was a fraught day with uh, all the three races happening in virtually back-to-back-to-back. I mean, there was no respite at all, was there? But it was a, an exciting weekend, and I'm glad we got the races in. Yeah. Uh, on not necessarily on time, but in. Indeed. Uh, Jeremy Shaw was with me, John Heindorf in the IMSA Global Broadcast Centre. Share Adam working the pit lane for us at the circuit. Thanks to all of our techs, particularly Rob and Tim in London, the responsible adults looking after all of the socials. Uh, no rest for the wickets next weekend. It's the 24 hours of the Nürburgring. Our coverage in sound and vision starts on Thursday. Join us then. From IMSA and WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Sega, thanks for being with us. Have a good Sunday. Bye for now. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.